0: The American people will soon find out if the United States is going to war. Fires are raging across Brazil's Amazon rainforest. At the stroke of midnight, the U.S. hit China with tariffs on $34 billion worth of goods. Hurricane Dorian made landfall with wind speeds of 185 miles per hour. Multiple drones bombed Saudi Arabia's largest oil facilities today. 60,000 people have fled their homes in northeastern Syria. It's like these 500-year floods or 100-year floods. They're happening every other year. Anti-government protesters in Hong Kong have taken to the streets. The magnitude 7.1 quake was felt from Los Angeles all the way to Nevada. It is one of the worst escalations of violence on the Israel-Gaza border in years. The world seems so unstable, so insecure. Everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Randy Reams is pastor of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. Join Pastor Randy now as he shares truths from God's unchanging word. Again, realize you are born with the color of hair you have. Your height, your weight, how you look is designed by God. Before you were informed in your mother's womb, he knew you. Esther being this beautiful was designed by God just like everybody else. Mordecai, when she gets obviously being that beautiful into the 400 ladies or whatever number there was, Mordecai says, make sure you don't tell anybody you're Jewish. I think he has a reason for that, but we'll keep going. All right, and then while she's in, I'll call it training, preparation, we know it goes on for a year, Mordecai every day walks back and forth, it says, in front of the court of the harem to learn how Esther was and how she fared. If you have daughters, you understand that. Every day, Mordecai would walk back and forth until so somebody came out of the harem area and said, hey, Esther, how's she doing? I do that when my girls are out. I don't go to sleep till they come home. It's just the way it is. Like I said, this goes on for a year. In the process... Um, I got to be careful. We have a mixed family crowd here. Um, ladies would go visit Xerxes in the evening, and in the morning, if if he hasn't made a good decision on them yet, they were sent to where they kept the concubines. I'll leave that right. We all got the idea, okay? But in Esther's case, okay. Haggai, the king's eunuch that's in charge of these maidens, virgin ladies, somehow Esther gains favor with this god. I think it's God. He gets her special food, special makeup, cosmetics. Okay, Gets her seven maidens to help tend to her and gives her the best room. I don't know how you determine the best room, but... Maybe the one with the jacuzzi tub. I don't know. The only way you were supposed to be able to see Xerxes after you that first night is be called back. Apparently, these other ladies weren't called back. that had gone for Esther. And then it says, and I think this is important. In verse 15, it says, Esther was humble and took the advice of this uh, Hege, the chief eunuch, Okay? She listened to his advice. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you take a eunuch's advice on beauty or relationships? You get my point. But she's humble. She's not arrogant at all in her beauty. She listens to the advice of this fellow, and it says, And Esther found favor in the eyes of all who saw her or encountered her. Okay, she found favor. That's her heart. You'll see it again later and as I go on. And somehow the king is exposed to her and it says this in verse 17. The king loved Esther more than all the other women and she found favor and kindness with him more than all the other virgins. Tells me that first night didn't happen. Do you understand what I mean? Okay. So he set... A royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. I, I the scripture came to my mind, I put it here, made me think in this particular case out of Psalm 75, 6 and 7. For exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is judge. He puts down and he exalts. He gives her favor. It doesn't say the king found her hotter than all the other maidens. He loved her. If I recall, he's about forty-three, forty-four at this time. If we go by his birthday, if I calculated it right in my head, don't know how old she is. Then there was this other gathering of the. The maidens that are still hanging around. Okay, I don't. People argue over why Xerxes does this other gathering, maybe to compare like he did with Vashti, saying, look at Esther compared to what there was, the pool, I guess. Could be, I don't know. But what's interesting, he throws a. Now, wait a minute. He had a banquet that Vashti wouldn't come to. Remember that? Now, he throws a banquet for Esther. Okay. For all the princes and the servants and he made a national holiday in all the provinces and gave gifts to the people. Wow, that's a big difference. Verse 20, now. Remember what I just said about her being listening to the advice of the eunuch? Listen in verse 20. Esther did what Mordecai told her as she had when she just as she had done when she was under his care. Oh wait a minute. This was a life habit. Man being teachable and not prideful is a great gift. It's a great trait. Esther in her beauty didn't say, "Well, I'm hot. Y'all got to." She didn't have any arrogance. She listened to Mordecai when she was under his household and she listened to him when she wasn't. And she listened I think that says something about her character, not just her outward appearance. There was something in her that made be even prettier, her character. While well, all this goes on, Mordecai overhears some guards talking. There's a plot to assassinate Xerxes. He gets the message passed on to Esther and says, hey, there's this plot. Esther tells Xerxes there's an investigation. The guys are found guilty and the conspirators are hung on a tree. I know it says gallows in your Bible, but that word is tree. Okay? These people are hung for their treason. And the whole episode, the Bible particularly tells us, is written down in the Chronicles of the Kings. That is, put into the king's official library of official events, the official history is the story where Mordecai intervenes and keeps this assassination plot from happening, chapter 3. It's about four years later, this fellow named Haman, the Agite, or Amalekite, relative of King Agag, that Saul did not kill, is basically made prime minister, verse 1 of chapter 3. And according to the command of Xerxes, everyone's supposed to bow when Haman comes by. It's a command by... It's not ego. I mean, it is ego for Haman. But it isn't... He wasn't demanding it. Xerxes commanded it. Verse 2. But then the last half of verse 2 says this. Mordecai neither bowed nor paid homage. Didn't even recognize he was in a room. That means he is going against the governmental authority. Am I right? All right, just want to make sure you understood that. Some of Xerxes' servants notice this. And they say to Mordecai, Why aren't you doing this? Okay, And it really doesn't say um, much about what Mordecai said in response, but eventually... They reckon he isn't listening to us. So they go tell Haman that Mordecai's not doing this. So I want you to notice this. At that point, it wasn't open rebellion. Haman doesn't see it. He's just, when when he comes down the street, Mordecai's in the background somewhere, everybody's sort of bowing down a little bit, and and he hasn't seen it. But servants have seen it. And they tell Haman. Haman then watches when he goes by next time. Where is that guy? Hey, you're right. He doesn't bow. He doesn't pay attention that I'm here. And he makes a plot to try to kill not Mordecai, but all Jews. He got so enraged at this, killing the one man isn't good enough. I'm so, I want to kill all Jews. And then the Bible says he cast lots. That is, he rolled dice. Can I put a, flip the coin? Pick a number between 1 and 10. All right? To determine when he was going to sp- spring his plot. And the Bible tells us that he does it a year from there. So 11 months he plans this. Okay? And it just so happens that the lot, the dice, lands at that period of time because I'm sure that was coincidental. Okay? So that next year, first day of the Jewish calendar, in the twelfth year of Xerxes' reign, it tells us, Haman begins his plot. He goes to Xerxes. You know, there's this group of people. You know they? You know who they are? They. A a group of people. A class of people. A nationality of people. A color of people. I don't know. But these certain people. They don't observe the king's laws. You notice Haman doesn't tell him which particular one. But, and, uh, hey, they don't obey the law that when I come by, they show me honor and bow. He doesn't say that. They don't, they don't listen to your laws. Sounds make it sound much bigger than a particular one. And, and you know what? I, I am so upset that these people won't listen to your laws. I'll put my money up. I'll, I'll give 10,000 talents to make sure these people go away. Xerxes is going, wow, man, you're devoted to lifting up my laws. Isn't that great? By the way, uh, 10,000 talents converted to silver today. Troy ounces, $300 million. See, he, I, I, I'm, I'm committed to making sure people follow your, your leadership, your rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look how committed I am to that. Never says this is all about him. Xerxes, well, gee, man, we'll keep you that devoted, that's true, keep your money. Here's my signet ring. I'll let you write the law and you stick my ring on it. Do it in my name. Blank check, if I could say it like that in a legal sense. And this decree gets sent across the entire empire. And again, you could look at historians, Herodias and others. They had one of the best Pony Express systems in the known world. Well, I'm saying Pony Express, but a messenger system, and they were talked about how fast. The historians talk about how fast they were, so this gets sent around all 2.1 million square miles. How many Jews do you think live in 2.1 million square miles? This is why I wanted to point out the extent of the kingdom. If you were someone that had lived in Jerusalem and fled before captives, and you went to Alexandria, sorry, you're in the Persian kingdom. You fled over there. You, couldn't, you didn't have pontoon boats to get across over into, into the Greek states. So, you're, so you're, you're still in. You're up here in Armenia. You're still, you flee all the way to the border of India. You're still in. Hitler wasn't the first. But, of course, this message gets read in the capital city of Susa. But it apparently doesn't get read in the harem or wherever the ladies are. Or they don't know about it. Mordecai hears about it, puts on sackcloth and ashes of mourning. That's a sign of mourning, okay? And um, some servants from the king hear about this and, and tell Esther. Esther's upset. What? What's my cousin? What's he mourning about? What happened? Sends a eunuch that's in there and sends him out to talk to him. He actually gives this eunuch. Mordecai does a copy of the edict and explains everything. That fellow goes back to Esther and tells Esther what's going on. Esther goes, "Um, if you hadn't read the first part of this book of Esther, no one could go to the king unless they're called by name. I can't just go over to that room with all the people in his throne and go, hey, I I got this something I got to deal with. You can't do that. If he doesn't call you, you get killed. And there's that famous line that most of you have heard that Mordecai tells Esther. Who knows whether have you attained to this royalty for such a time as this? It's sort of a rhetorical question. He's basically, um, is not God sovereign? Didn't God appoint you to this position? Esther's response, then I will go, but I want you all to fast and pray for three days first. And then if I perish, I perish. Okay? Okay. That's as far in the story we're going today. Let me make a little bit of application. First, I'm going to ask you the question why are the Jews in this situation? Let me ask you why is there a Haman, an Agite, and a Malachite? Because one man didn't do what God said. Now, in Samuel, we understand this, that there in 1 Samuel 15, as Samuel addresses this disobedience of King Saul, a Benjamite, he says this in verse 22 of 1 Samuel 15. To obey is better than sacrifice. To pay attention, to do what you're told is better than the fat of rams. Better than your religious outward appearance Obedience is better than that. Verse 23 of 1 Samuel 15. For rebellion is the sin of divination. Now, your Bible may say, Rebellion is as the sin. No, 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 no. The is as as isn't there. Rebellion is witchcraft or, dinam, or divination. Insupportion is false religion, and idolatry. Since you have rejected the word of the Lord, Saul, God has also rejected you from being king. In case you didn't hear it the first time, he says it again in verse 26. Because you rejected the word of the Lord, the Lord has rejected you. There's instant consequences to Saul's disobedience. And a thousand years later, there's consequences to Saul's disobedience. Now Saul in particular was a leader of a nation, an authoritative figure. And let's get real, when you're somewhere high up the chain and your decisions affect a lot more people, I know know if you're 14 and you don't take out the trash, that might affect you immediately. You probably don't have anybody under you, the other trash carriers that you have to worry about. But if you're a dad or a mom or a business leader, you understand that impact. But a thousand years later? But notice his problem was rejection of the the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3. You'll sound somewhat familiar. You you might be able to say this would be like in the days of Mordecai, Esther, and the Jews in captivity. But realize this, verse 1 of 1 Timothy 3, that in the last days, difficult times will come. I want you to write that down. Put it up on your refrigerator with those other promises from God. Post it on Facebook. Tweet it out to your friends and see how many responses you get. For people will be lovers of self. Hello, Haman. Lovers of money. Boastful. Arrogant. Slanders. Disobedient to parents. Is that in the same list? Yeah, it is. Okay, ungrateful. Unholy. Unloving. Irreconcilable. Malicious gossips. That's in the same list, folks. When you tell your child they're being disobedient as they listen to you. ah, never mind. Without... Self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding to a form of godliness although, although having denying the power of it. Avoid such people like these. Man, these are nice people. These kind of days are coming. Verse 12. Indeed, all who want to live or desire to live godly lives in Jesus Christ, will be persecuted. There's another promise I want you to tweet and post. Would you say the Jews are being persecuted in Haman's plot? He wants to kill every last one of them. He wants genocide. But, evil people and imposters will proceed from bad to worse. Wait a minute, let me get this right. So you're promising us We'll be persecuted if we choose to live godly. But don't worry about it. It'll just get worse. Well, thank you for that enthusiastic, encouraging message today, Pastor. Good night. Let's pray a prayer. No, okay. Okay? Deceiving and being deceived. You, however, Timothy, continue in the things which you have learned and become convinced of knowing from whom you have learned them and his parents that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. Now the most famous scripture in all of scripture about scripture. Did you get all that? The most famous scripture in scripture that's about scripture. Okay? Okay. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. All Scripture is inspired by God. That means God-breathed, beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that every man of God may be fully capable and equipped for every good work. Notice the context of that Scripture. Let's go back. Saul, because you didn't listen to the word of the Lord... And he says it again. Because you didn't listen to the word of the Lord. Comes to Timothy. Timothy, tough times and persecution comes. Let me tell you where the answer is. All scripture is God-breathed. Listen. When it gets hard, listen to the word of the Lord. What do I do when culture is, when these kind of people are, are running amok? All scripture is good for Teaching, rebuke, correct. Oh, I thought we came to church to get a good pat on the back and an encouragement. If I'm preaching scripture, you ready, here's what you're gonna get: rebuke, correction, and training in righteousness. If, 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 if a preacher's preaching the word, that's what you get. Not a joke, and your best life now. Why? So that you would be equipped, ready to do the right thing. When? When you're being persecuted. When the people have turned to these kind of people. Where do you find the answer? In the word of God, Esther's in the place she's in. The Jews are in the place he's in because a king thought he didn't have to listen to the word of God. He thought, you don't understand my culture. You don't know the times we live in. My situation's different. And you go back. He, he tries to do that and cast blame and everything else when he doesn't do what God told him to do. If a man would have stood on the word of God, you wouldn't have a hanging. You want to, in today's world, whatever you feel the pressures are coming from, wherever you think the wickedness are coming from, the answer, should I or shouldn't I, is found in the word of God. But you don't understand, preacher. My, my marriage, though, is like this. And do, you, do, you, do I need to go into scriptures, what it says about marriage and divorce? Do I need to do that? Well, you understand, preacher, and in my case, my parents are 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 this way and that. Yeah, honor your father and but that that scripture. Didn't say you had to like what they're doing, did I? Honor them. When your finances and you can't get the ends to meet, they ain't even coming close. There's scripture for that. When your professor tells you, you shut up, man. You got to keep that creation stuff to yourself, Bible stuff. We don't believe that here. Go and see what happened to disciples when the bosses told them to not speak the word of God, to not preach. The answer to what do you do when they want to persecute you for being God's people, you go to the word of God and live by that. Because the one that can kill the body isn't the one you've got to be worried about. It's the one that can kill the soul and send it to damnation. Let's stand. Sometimes I know when there's preaching like that, there's some resistance. I suggest that maybe tonight, you want to ask God for a heart of Esther who listened even to a pagan fellow, (laughs) okay? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for persecution. I thank you, O Lord, for what is happening in the world around us. Because there, O God, you have appointed people for such a time as this. People sitting in this room. People listening out. You, You have determined that they would be born and live at this time. God, I pray that your children across the globe grab hold of your word in difficult times and will not release it. They will be obedient to it. They will hide it in their heart. They will hang on to it and declare, I cannot, I cannot go against the word of my God. Father, then we will find you will bring deliverance To the glory of your name and for that alone. Father, I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. This is Pastor Randy Reams and I want to thank you for joining us today for Truths from God's Unchanging Word. This broadcast is a ministry outreach of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. And if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety or other messages, just visit kindredbible.org. Forward slash media, and there you can also subscribe to the podcast. If you're being ministered to by this broadcast, I'd like to ask you to consider financially supporting this ministry. Giving is easy, just go to kindredbible.org forward slash give. There you can make a one time gift or you can choose to become a monthly supporter. But if you prefer, you can send your gift to KBC PO Box 32 Nampa. Idaho 83653. Your prayers, words of encouragement, and financial support helps ensure that this broadcast will continue to be heard in your region and around the world. Again, I'd like to thank you for listening to Truths from God's Unchanging Word.